Matthew chapter 5, verse 38. So let's read along together. Matthew chapter 5, verse... Before we get going into this reading, it, let, me, let, me, let me point this out. This is a Sermon on the Mount. This is Jesus Christ. What basically this is, this is the constitution for the kingdom, or the constitution for the millennial kingdom. What that means is that when Jesus Christ sets up the millennial kingdom, this is basically what you can expect. Now, uh, doctrinally, that's accurate. Doctrinally, that's accurate. This is about the constitution of the kingdom and Christ's kingdom. This is where it's going to be. But we're going to apply this spiritually, and you can apply this spiritually, because these, these truths that Jesus Christ are going to give us up from, uh, from verse 38 all the way to verse 48, these ten verses, these can apply to everybody in this room. And how we need to live our Christian life. And uh, I just want to point that out because doctrinally, yes, this is a Sermon on the Mount. is doctrinally like a constitution of the kingdom. And, and some people have took these verses, and I'm going to try to point this out when we go along in the sermon. Some people have took some of these verses and they've twisted them. The, the perfect example of that is, you'll hear, the, you'll hear the lost world say, Judge not lest ye be judged. Judge not lest ye be. They love to quote that at you. But they don't even understand what that means. They think, they say, judge not lest you be judged. That means they, they're t trying to tell you, don't judge me for any kind of wicked thing I'm doing. Don't judge me for any kind of perverted thing I'm doing. Don't judge me for anything. Don't judge me. But the Bible tells us, Jesus Christ says, judge not lest you be judged. It's a warning that if you're going to judge, you better have your house in order. Remember, the, what was the context of those verses of judge not lest ye be judged? Don't, if, you have, if, you, if, you, if your brother has a speck in his eye, don't go try, go try to take that speck out of your brother's eye when you've got a beam in your eye. Amen. That's how Christ described it. In other words, you make sure you have your house in order before you can start judging around. The Bible commands us to judge. We're supposed, you've got to judge. And, and judge people. The Bible tells us that through Romans, through Galatians. You're supposed to mark those that are, that, that are contrary to the, to the gospel and, and avoid them. You're supposed to judge people like that. So, but they want to use that against you. And there's going to be some verses in here. I'm going to point them out that have been misused. And they, the world loves to take them and misuse them. But we're going to talk about them this morning and how they apply to our life. Look at verse 38. Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5, verse 38. Ye have heard. This is, all this is the words of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You have heard that it hath been said, an eye for an eye, and a tooth for a tooth. But I say unto you that ye resist not evil. But whosoever shall smite thee on thy right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if any man will sue thee at the law, and take away thy coat, let him have thy cloak also. And whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him twain. Give to him that asketh thee. And from him that would borrow of thee, turn not thou away. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I just come to you humbly in the precious name of Jesus Christ, Father. Lord, I pray, Father, that you'll send holy manna down, Lord God, for your people, Father, this morning, and feed them, Lord. And Father, we're looking to be fed from you, Lord God, and your word, Father. And Lord, we want to understand your, your words, Father. We want to be able to live them, Father. We know, Lord, we can't live them without you in us. And Father, we pray, Lord God, through your Holy Spirit, Lord, you'll give us the power to live these words. To, to walk it, Lord, not just to talk about it, Lord, but to walk it and live it and do, and do these things in our daily life, Lord God. And Father, I thank you for these people, Lord God. I pray a special blessing on them, Lord. I pray a hedge of protection around their heart, around this building, Lord God. And Father, I want to thank you for salvation I have in Jesus Christ and the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And I'm praying all this in his precious blood, the blood of Jesus Christ, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right. So look back up at verse 38. Look back at verse 38. Jesus Christ said, You've heard that it has been said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. That's one eye for one eye and one tooth for one tooth. 
The, what, you got to understand what the law was. The law was if you knock out a man's tooth, then you, you should have your tooth knocked out. You, you still you, you, uh, break that one man's, uh, you break that one man's uh, eye or take out that one man's eye, he gets his eye. But it's an eye for an eye, an eye, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, one eye for one eye, one tooth for one tooth. Not the way it is where it's uh, you, you take out one of my teeth, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bust out all your teeth. Or if you, you know, it's it's the idea of I've got this cup of coffee and I spilt your hot coffee on me, so now you owe me ten million dollars. That's not how God sees things. It's not. That's not how God sees that, and that's what Christ is saying. It was an eye for an eye, tooth for tooth. But He says in verse thirty-nine, "But I say unto you that ye resist not evil, but whosoever shall smite thee on thy right cheek, turn to him the other also." Amen. I'm going to preach this morning on the rights of a Christian. As a Christian, you have rights. And I'm going to preach on three rights that every Christian in here has. You have a right. And the first right I want to show you there is found in verse 39 is, you have, you, as a Christian, you have, you, you're going to give up those rights. A Christian gives up his rights. He says that you resist not evil, but whosoever shall smite thee on the right cheek, turn to, the, turn to, turn to him the other also. If somebody comes up and smacks you or hits you, you have a right Everybody knows this. You have a right to hit them back. Now, if you're in school or if you're in sports, you don't do that, right? Because they, they always catch the second one that throws the punch, right? Every time. They never catch the first one. They always catch the second guy that throws back the punch. And, but you have a right to do that. And what Christ is teaching us there is, he's teaching us there, you have a right to hit them back, but don't. Don't hit them back. Don't hit them back. Christ says you have a right who doesn't know that? But Christ says, give up that right. Now, this, this right here, he's not talking about if you, he's not talking about self-defense. He's not talking about if you, somebody comes up and they're attacking you like they're going to try to harm you to where they're going to try to take your life. That, the Bible, he's not talking about not the self-defense. And he's for sure not talking about defending your family. Every man in here has a right to defend his family to the death. That's what, we're, what God wants us to do. That's what our duty. Our duty is to defend our family to the death, to die, to be able to die for our wives. That's what the Bible tells us we're supposed to be able to die for our wives. That's not what this is talking about. What Christ is talking about is you have a right. When somebody comes up, somebody does you wrong, and they, you, they, you're definitely done wrong, and you have a right to, to strike back at them, he says, give up that right. Ye resist not evil, but whosoever shall, turn, shall smite thee on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. You know, Christ had this happen to him. When he was on trial, they came up and he was talking back to the high priest and one of the soldiers come over and just smacked Jesus right on the face. Just whack. And Jesus Christ turned and said, If I have spoken evil, bear witness of evil. But if well, why smitest thou me? Amen. Christ didn't smite him back. Christ didn't hit him back. Christ just asked him a question. Why are you hitting me? If I've done some evil, hit me. But why are you hitting me? Tell me why you're hitting me. So Christ is teaching us there that a Christian should give up his rights. There's times that you can give up your right. Listen, the world says you have a right to this and you have a right to that. And Christ says, I know you think you have rights. But sometimes, as a Christian, we give up those rights. Amen. To help somebody out. I can see this is going over like a lead balloon. <laughs> Nobody wants to talk about this. You know, when somebody does something to you on a personal level, you have a right to retaliate. 
We all know that. I mean, everybody knows that. If somebody comes up and hits you, we, we tell our, some of us have told our kids that. Our, we, our kids come home from school and some kids at school bullying them and say, oh, he hit me. And you're like, you know, the dad waits till the mom leaves the room and says, hit him back. <laughs> Don't leave you alone. Just smack him, you know. Right, yeah, that's what Christ is saying. Give up that right. Sometimes as Christians, we give up the rights. Yeah, we have rights, but we give them up. We give them up. We give them up. What are we told in Romans chapter 12? Overcome evil with good. What I know about uh, living on this wor world, living on certain songs I've lived on, what I know is you can't overcome evil with evil. The world tells you two wrongs don't make a right. They're right. That's right. Two wrongs don't make a right. And somebody comes over, and Roel gets mad at me, and he comes over and he burns down my house and lights my house on fire. Uh, you know what? A lot of y'all say, hey, go burn his house down. So when I go burn, you know what I'm going to have? I'm going to get mad, and I'm going to go burn his house down, and then you're going to go drive down a north line in early Texas, and it's going to look like there's an inferno going on. If somebody comes over and burns my house down, they're an arsonist, right? And if I go and burn their house down, I'm nothing more than an arsonist. Yeah, you have a right to do something, but give up that right. Guys, we have laws to take care of this stuff. Let the law handle it. Amen. Let the judge that's above you handle it. If somebody comes up and smacks you and hits you, and you're walking down the street and somebody hits you, the best thing you can do as a Christian is not hit back. Now, you have a right to go to the law and say, Hey, uh, this guy hit me. I want you to prosecute them. I want to I press charges. And you can do that. But sometimes Christ says, you know what? Don't hit them back. Just give up that right. <laughs> it's hard to live as a Christian. Now you're seeing why people don't like these verses and try to do away with them. Because nobody can live this stuff. Nobody can live like, you're just going to come up. Listen, guys, I've got, you can ask my wife, I've got bookshelves and bookshelves of, of uh, autobiographies and Christians, old men that live. Uh, uh, Rumboff, I think that's his name. Uh, he, was, he was put up in Russia in a concentration camp, and they beat him and whipped him, and he never fought back. And the guards were converted to Christ. Some of the guards were converted to Christ because uh, of the whipping he could take. And he never complained. He never screamed at them. He just would take it. And he'd say, you know, Jesus loves you. <laughs> and those guards, it just would do something to them. They weren't used to somebody not crying out and crying and begging for mercy. They, he'd just say, Jesus loves you. I don't know why you're doing this, but Jesus loves you. It's hard. Two evils don't make a right. Amen. Two wrongs don't make a right. And to overcome evil, you can't overcome evil with evil. You, can't, you just can't do it. Look at Romans chapter 12. Stay here because we'll come back. But if you're with me and you want to follow along with me, turn to Romans chapter 12. Now you know why people try to... Uh, doctrinally get rid of this verse and say that doesn't apply to Christians yeah I know it <laughs> you're wishing that Christ wouldn't have said that but he did and there's lots of things that Christ said in the Bible I wish I could cut out but I can't because it's not going to change a thing the best thing you can do is just see why Christ is telling you that and as I've lived on this earth I realize that Christ is right Jesus Christ is right if you want to stop a fight somebody's got to stop swinging If somebody, you want to stop an argument, somebody's got to stop yelling. I know you think, well, she's going to keep yelling at me. Pastor, my wife's going to keep yelling at me. Let her, yell her, let her keep on yelling. Or he's going to keep yelling at me. Let him keep on yelling. 
You know what happens when you yell back? It just keeps on and it keeps on and it keeps on and keeps on. That's why my wife's the best person I could have ever met. That's why God sent my wife into my life. It's because she doesn't talk. And she don't talk back to me. The only time I know she, she don't ever yell at me and scream at me. The only time I know she's mad at me, I hear something like dishes. I'm like, oh, that's, that's the sign. No. I, I just, Romans chapter 12, verse 19. Romans chapter 12, 19. Now I'm not going to get fed lunch today. You know, I was picking on Brother Marwitz, and I was going back there to close the door, make sure, cause, so the cat won't come in and everything. And Shirley says, the pastor needs to watch what he's doing or something. What you, what you tell me, sister? The pastor needs to keep himself, keep his eyes on himself or something like that. Yeah. You're right, sister. All right, Romans chapter 12, verse 19. Dearly beloved, Paul says, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. I know you're mad, but just let it, let it go. Try to keep yourself under control. Avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath, for it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Amen. Let the Lord handle it. Yeah, you're, yeah, they might do something wrong to you. Yeah, they might hurt you. They might do something wrong to you. Just let it go. Let the Lord handle it. Amen. Guys, I'm going to tell you. Now, I, I'm not going to tell all these stories because some y'all might know some of these people, but the point is, is I've had people come after me. And I've had people do some really wicked things to me as a pastor. And I'm like, I, I don't know if it's the devil that got in them, whatever. And I'll just go, Lord, sometimes I'll say, Lord, I, you know, help. I'll get down on my knees and in my prayer closet and I'll pray, Father, I, I can't handle this. And why are they doing this? And they're persecuting. It don't take long. God takes care of it. Amen. And it's a lot worse than I would have took care of it. <laughs> the, the Lord does a lot better job. And it's amazing how after it's all said and done, I look over there and say, well, they're not thinking about me no more. <laughs> they, the, Lord makes sure they're not, that they, the Lord makes sure I'm not on their mind. That has scriptural reference, you know, where the Lord, some king come up there, and, and Israel had no way to defeat this king, and that king was, uh, of Syria was going against Israel and running his mouth, and then God made something happen at home, and he had to go back home, and he, he forgot all about Israel. He went back home, and then his kids came in and killed him. I've had people who have messed with me in a, in a strong way, they're no longer with us anymore. Amen. Turn it over to the Lord. Amen. Man, listen. My, when I had my, when my, me and my son went home, and he was having to ride his bicycle back and forth to school. He was only about 10 years old. He came home one day, and he said, uh, Dad, these kids at the bus stop, I know which one he's talking about. I said, yeah, right up the road. He goes, yeah, Dad, every time I ride by, they're throwing rocks at me. I said, they're doing what? He said, well, I'm, I'm riding by on my bicycle, and they're throwing rocks at me, and they're yelling dirty names at me. I said, they're doing what? I said, okay. No, I, I'll take care of it. <laughs> next, next morning, I had to go to work, and they're all those, you know, little, they're teenagers. They're out there waiting on the bus to come pick them up and everything. So I get in my car, and then you know how it is. This is not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm not about to give you an illustration to point out this verse right here. I'm going to give you the opposite. <laughs> I get in my car and I go right down there and I pull up in there and I, I pull up there. I get out of my car. So if any of you throw a rock at my son again, I'm going to come down here. I'm going to whip every one of you. I was screaming like that at them. Red face and everything. And their eyes were like owls. Were like, <laughs> and I get back in the car and I drive off and I'm thinking, I probably shouldn't have done that. I'm going to have the cops come arrest me. You know, you're threatening little kids and stuff like that. Guess what? Those kids never threw rocks at my son anymore. Why? Because he went and told Daddy. He said, Daddy, I can't handle it. Daddy, said, nobody's going to mess with my son. When you as a child of God 
Somebody starts messing with you, starts striking you, starts hurting you, starts doing something, the best thing you can ever do is say, uh, just try to humble yourself down and say, I don't want no trouble, and say, Lord, I just please handle it. I you know what am I supposed to do? Lord say, I'll handle it. Don't you worry about it. I'll handle it. And he will. Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Amen. Verse 20, therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Amen. I had an old aunt that used to tell me, kill him with kindness. Kill him with kindness. As a Christian, you, you should just give up your rights. Christ says, give up your right. Yeah, you have a right to hurt them. Yeah, you, they don't deserve for you to feed them. They don't deserve for you to forgive them. They don't, I know that. Give up that right and do it anyway. By all rights, you should do this to him. By all rights, you should do that to him. You're right. But Jesus Christ says, give up those rights. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. And then Romans chapter 12, verse 21. This is what I was trying to point out. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. The best thing you can do is just do the good. Do the good. See, Christianity is the opposite, back in Matthew chapter 5, let's go back to Matthew chapter 5. Christianity is the opposite of everything the world does. That's why it's so hard to live the Christian life. It's easy to do the wrong thing. The easiest thing in the world is to do the wrong thing, guys. It's hard to do the right thing. It's hard to do these things that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ taught us. But I know one thing, if you can learn to live that, verse 39, if you can learn to say, you know what, I know I have a right to get them back. I know they did this to me, but you know, I'm just going to let it go. I'm just going to, I'm just going to, in other words, turn the other cheek, say, you know what? Just, just, you're going to be a happy Christian. Amen. And God's going to bless you. Look at verse 40. Matthew chapter 5, verse 40. Let's move along. And if any man will sue thee at, thy law, at the law and take away thy coat, let him have thy cloak also. And whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him twain. That would be two. Give to him that asketh thee, and from him that would borrow thee, Turn not thou away. The second right that Christ says that you have, the second right every Christian has is, a Christian does more than is right. Amen. A Christian does more than is right. A Christian always does more than what's right. Verse 40, if any man will sue thee at the law and take away thy coat. What does he say there in verse 40? He's saying you got sued and you lost. There's a judge that said, you know what? He does deserve your coat. That's what it says. And Christ says, if, you go to, if somebody sues you and gives away that coat, let him have that cloak also. Yeah, I know I, I, know, I, know I shouldn't have uh, ran into your fence and I tore up your fence and, and the law says I need to buy you a new fence, but I'm going to buy you a new fence and I'm going to put a new cattle guard in for you because I, I know, you know you're having to deal with all this. That's what Christ is talking about. Is going that extra mile which is the very next verse. And whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him twain. See, the context of that, and you've got to understand what the Jew, when the Jews were hearing Christ say that, they knew exactly what he's talking about. Every Roman soldier had the ability and the right to, when he came by, if he seen you from your house, he could say, carry my stuff. And whatever baggage that Roman soldier was carrying his bag, he could give it to any citizen, any Roman citizen, and they loved to do it to the Jews. Because the Jews were kind of just uh, a scourge. And he, they'd give it to the Jews say, carry my bag. 
And they, the Roman soldier had a right to have that guy carry his by a bag a mile. And after they went a mile, then that Jew or that citizen could put that bag down, and that's exactly what they do. There's stories that from a, from a Jew's house, like that, the roads from a Jew's house, they'd have it marked out one mile, the one-mile marks <laughs> on the road, like one mile, so they wouldn't have to go one foot further. Soldier come out and grab them, they'd go, from, they'd go and they'd see that marker, they'd get to that marker, they'd go, this is my one mile, boom, and they'd throw that bag down. Probably spit on the ground and everything. Christ says, Whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him twain. You, go, you got that soldier, soldier, carry my bag. Okay, I'll carry your bag. You get up to the mile, and the soldier says, yeah, it's, it's about a mile right here. Yeah, I know. I'll keep carrying it for you. You sure? Yeah, yeah, I'll keep carrying it for you. Christ says, you just keep on carrying it. Keep on carrying it. What kind of conversation do you think they'd have on that second mile? Amen. Thought about that? First mile, you know, that's, that Roman soldier's thinking, oh, man, you know, he hates my guts. I know he hates my guts. And, oh, here comes that mile. It's right about that mile. And he turns, well, here's a mile. No, it's okay. Don't you think that soldier say, why are you carrying my, you don't have to carry it. You know that. You don't have to carry it. I'll get this other guy over here to carry it. No, it's okay. I'll carry it. They don't look like, they, they look like they're busy. I'll just keep carrying it for you. Well, why are you doing this? Because of Jesus Christ. Who's Jesus Christ? You ain't heard about Jesus Christ? See, there's the gospel being spread. Amen. That first mile, anybody can do that. It's the second mile. Christ says, it's not enough for a Christian to do what's right. We need to do what's more than right. Amen. Listen, religious people do what's right. Yeah. Atheists. People who don't believe in any kind of God, they do what's right. Anybody can do that, but it's going and doing what's more than right. Yeah. Saying, it's the right thing to do? No, I'm going to do what's more than right. It's the right thing. I've hit you. Now you need to hit me back. No, I'm not going to hit you. you. And your friend will be there. You have a right. Hit him back. Hit him back. No, I don't want to hit him. I give up that right. Didn't God give up the right to send you to hell? Amen. We have a merciful gracious, wonderful, loving God. How can the world see that? They can see it in you. Amen. They can see it in your walk. They can see it in your... Listen, there's God, people are not going to listen to what you say. Amen. They're going to watch what you do Amen. and how you act. St. Saint, uh, Saint uh, Francis Assisi said, preach the gospel, preach the gospel, preach the gospel. And if necessary, use words. That's a good saying. Go that extra mile. Everybody in, the, everybody in this room has heard, go the extra mile, right? That, that comes from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That didn't come from Abraham Lincoln or somebody like that. They, always, they quote Christ and they don't realize they're quoting Christ. That's Christ that said that. Go the extra mile. The world would be a better place if people would go the extra mile. Go the extra mile. And that's what Christians do. We go the extra mile. Religion will tell them to go. Religion will tell a religion will tell a person to do the right thing, or teach them to do the right thing. Atheists will know to do the right thing, but we're not following a religion. Amen. We're following a risen Savior, Amen. and that's what separates us out. We're following a man that says, "Hey, I'm telling you, go the extra mile. Go the extra mile." 
We know the right thing's not. Uh, Christ taught us all through Scripture. He teaches us these things. See, go back to verse 27. You're in Matthew chapter 5. Go back to verse 27. We all know in here the right thing to do is not to cheat on your wife. Amen. Matthew chapter 5, verse 27. Go down to verse. We all know the right thing to do is no, don't cheat on your wife. We're not supposed to be, be faithful to our spouse. You have heard that it was said by them of old time, thou shalt not commit adultery. That's one of the commandments. The Ten Commandments says, thou shalt not commit adultery. And you, so you have people tell you, I've never cheated on my wife. I've never murdered anybody. Christ says, no, it's more than that. <laughs> it's more than that. Look at the next verse. But I say unto you that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. Amen. Christ, from the, his whole teachings was that. People say that. Well, Christ, he didn't, he, he, Christ, I, I've had a Seventh-day Adventist tell me, Christ didn't do away with the Ten Commandments. No, I wish he would have just kept them. It's worse than that. What do you mean? It's ten times worse than that. Now do we not only have, we can't, not only is it the Ten Commandments, he took the Ten Commandments and he enhanced them. Amen. He said it's more than that. Because you have some denominations say, we should still keep the Ten Commandments. I wish it was that simple. Now Christ says, you know how the Bible said, the commandment says, don't commit adultery? Yeah, Lord, I never committed adultery. Have you ever thought about a woman lusted after her? You ever thought about killing somebody? You ever mad enough about somebody you could have killed them? Christ says, in your heart, you murdered them. Amen. It's more than that. Christianity's more. It's more, more, more. More than people ever will realize. You should do enough right that it's wrong. Let me say that again. It's getting really quiet in here. I knew this would go over bad. Nobody likes this stuff. You should do, Christians should do enough right that it's wrong. Have you ever done something, you're like you try to bless somebody, you say, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go help them out, and you'll have friends say, don't do that, that's wrong. You shouldn't be doing that. Don't be helping them out. They don't deserve the help. They don't deserve that. They don't. You go ahead and do it anyway. You're wrong. You're wrong for doing that. I'm just being a Christian. Amen. I'm trying to do what's more than right. Reading a story by Watchman Nee, and he was telling the story that this, of course, they're, they're over in China back in the late 1800s, early 1900s. They're over in China, and they had rice fields. And this man had a rice field, and he would he would take the, he would irrigate the water, he irrigated water, and he would, of course, he would flood his rice field. He got up the next morning at, at, at nighttime. His neighbor came and busted down the, the wall on his rice field to where it would flood his neighbor's rice field. So he fixed the wall. He Flooded his rice field again. The next night, the neighbor came, busted down the sun. The neighbor's loving it. The neighbor's not having to fill his. He's just letting his, friend, letting his neighbor fill his water up. Then he just lets it drain down. So this Christian or man that owns a rice field, he went to his brothers in Christ, and he said, what do I do? Let's pray about it, because I, I, I'm about to beat this guy up. <laughs> you know? And we all say, yeah, amen, yeah, amen, go beat him up, amen. And the brother said, you know what? I think Christians... I think Christ taught us to do what's more than right. We should do what's more than right. So that man dwelt on that. And he prayed about it. And the next day he got up and he did this. He took water and he filled up his neighbor's field. And then he filled up his own field. So his neighbor got up the next night was going to go, and goes, somebody's watering my field. 
Next day, he gets up, does it again. He waters his neighbor's field and his, which is double the work, amen? Triple the work, maybe? The second time, the neighbor comes up there and asks him, why are you watering my field? It's the same question the Roman soldier would ask. Why are you going the extra mile? Jesus Christ. And that man that had been tearing down his walls, the one with the, the neighbor with the field that wasn't what, the one that was doing wrong, the neighbor, he became a Christian. Amen. Because he seen what that other brother was doing. Go the extra mile. Do those things that are right. Do more than right. Do so much right that it's wrong. Amen. People think you're doing wrong. You shouldn't be doing that. You shouldn't be doing that. We had a, we had a, a man come up to the, to the church and was uh, needing some help with his, with his rent, and we don't know for sure what's going on there. But you know what? I think about doing the right thing. And you say, was that the right thing? I don't know if it's the right thing, but I wanted to do more than it's right. Because I know God's going to bless us for it. That's how I feel about it. Now, I can't, he can go, he gonna go do what he's going to do. He's going to go live his life where he's going to live. But I'm talking about between me and my God, I'm trying to live the Christian life where somebody walks away, he says, you know what? They didn't just do me. They did more than right. And I want people to look at us and say, you know what? They're so right, it's wrong. This is wrong. You shouldn't be doing that. Look at verse uh, 43. Let's move along. Let's move along. I'm getting, getting kind of late. Verse 43. In closing. Ye have heard that it hath been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, Love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. And pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. That ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh his Son to rise on the evil and on the good. And sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. The final right that you have as a Christian, the final right you have as a Christian, is a Christian knows it's always right, the right thing to love. It's always the right thing to love. Love is always the right thing to do. It always is. There's no law against love. Paul says there's no law against love. You can't love enough. There's not a law that says, okay, that's enough love. You're giving too much love. There's no law like that. We can't love enough, brothers and sisters. We can't have enough love in our heart for our enemies. We can't have enough love in our heart for our family, for our neighbor. We can't have enough love. We can't show too much love. Amen. We need to find a way to love our enemies. Here's the problem. When we say enemies, we, at least when I was growing up as a kid, I think enemies, Russia, Iran, you know, China. But then when I became a, a mature Christian, I realized my family, <laughs> my neighbor, a co-worker, you know. Those are my enemies. And it's a whole lot harder to find a way to love them. Because it's easy to pray, Lord, I love the Russians. Please, I love them. Then the, that guy that just, you know, despitefully used you, the one that just cussed you, and to say, Lord, I love them. Lord, I, I, I'm having a hard time finding a place to love them, Lord, but through your Holy Spirit, Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit, Lord. Give me, give me the strength to love them. How do you love your enemies? He says there in verse 44. But I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. When they curse you, bless them. That makes it hard. You blankety blank, you blankety blank. God bless you. 
That kind of makes them matter. I'll tell you that from experience. <laughs> it, from experience, if you have somebody cussing you out and you say, Jesus Christ loves you, your face gets all red. Rah, 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 rah. You know, it just makes them matter. I, I'm entertained by that. See, I get entertained by that kind of stuff. Now, some of y'all might be like, oh, no. I'm like, oh, man, it's like, it's like watching, it's like watch, watching the Jack in the Box. You know, just want to watch them pop off, you know. That's, that's why I like to do that. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. Amen. Do you know somebody that hates you? Well, I got a list. <laughs> do something good for them. What's wrong with that? Not a cotton-picking thing. Amen. What's wrong with that? Nothing. What's wrong with showing some love? You're not going to find anybody can prove you. They're going to say, that's wrong, that's wrong. That's right. I'm doing so much right, it's wrong. Doing more than right. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. Pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. That's the thing you can do, just pray. I pray for my enemies every morning. I've got some enemies. I don't really, I, honestly, I'll be honest with you. I don't know exactly some of the names of my enemies, but I know I've got some enemies. I know one guy that sent me some emails through, at this church, and he's called me everything but a white man. I mean, he's called me all kinds. And just pray for him. Lord, show him the truth. Bless him. Why? That you may be children of your Father which is in heaven. God, I want to be your child. I don't want somebody to think that I'm your child. I don't want somebody to think I'm a child of the devil. I don't want somebody to think I'm a child of the world. I want somebody to look at me and say, that is a Christian. Man, is, wouldn't that be amazing? Does somebody, when somebody meets you and say, uh, you know, so you just, you, you, we meet people and say, yeah, that guy's a welder, or that guy's a fireman, or that guy works for the city. Wouldn't you like somebody to meet you and say, that guy's just, that's a good Christian. Amen. Wow, man, what a testimony. What a testimony. That you may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. And why? Because look, for he maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. God is so loving, so merciful, so full of love, he lets it rain on the just and the unjust, on the evil. It doesn't matter who it is. But that's not us, right? We like to give out our love to people that deserve it. Hey, they love me, I'm going to love them back. They've given me something, so now I'm going to go give them something. They've done something great for me, now I'm going to do something great for them. I'm not going to do nothing for them because they've never done nothing for me. And they're not grateful. So I'll never do nothing for them. I'll just... That's not what Christ says about God. God doesn't act that way. Look, Christ says in verse 46, this is the one, underline this, put a mark by it. This is your verse. For if you love them which love you, what reward have you? Do not either the publicans the same? Christ says, if you, go, if you only love those that love you, you're no better than a publican. How wicked is the mafia? Killers, murderers, extortioners. But you know what you know about the mafia? They love their own. They, they love them, and they take care of each other. And if you were around, and I've, I've, read, I've been so deep into reading about the mafia, they, they get in there, and they, they get in, some people get in there at, at, on, on just the, the, the base level, and they're like, it was like a big family. Everybody loved each other. Everybody took care of each other. Everybody loved on each other. Right until you did something wrong, then they'd kill you. 
That's why he says, if you love them which love you, what reward have you? You need to think about that. So am I, am I only showing love and kindness and grace and mercy to those that show it to me, or do I show it to people that don't deserve it? Do I go above and beyond and go the extra mile and do what's more than right? These are the things that Christ taught us. Verse 47, if you salute your brethren only, what, more, what do ye more than others? Do not even the publican so? Do you only say good morning to your friends? Do you only say good morning to people you know? Or do you try to be kind to everybody? Have a good day, good morning. Some people are looking for that. You know, as Christians, you know, we forget how, we're, we're, we're so, we're filled with the Holy Spirit. We've got Christ living in us, and life is just so good. And I don't mean that we don't have problems in our life. I'm just saying, you know, there's just a peace about us, right? And some people, when you just say, you say, hey, good morning, they, they, their face lights up. And there's guys at work, and Joker knows who I'm talking about. There's guys at work, that I can say good morning to them every morning for six months, and they will not respond back to me. They'll just look at me and just keep on walking. So you know what happens? I get a little bit mad. And I say, you know what? I'm going to keep saying it, and I'm going to be louder. So the next time I see them walking down the aisle, walking towards me down the hallway, I say, hey, good morning. And they'll kind of look at me out of the corner of my eye. So I'll say, oh, I didn't work that. So the next morning, I'm like, I'll get them this time. So then I'll get in front and say, hey, good morning. How you doing this morning? And I'll just make sure. Oh, I'm doing all right. Say, <laughs> so I got him, got him. Kill him with kindness. Kill him with kindness. Kill him with kindness. I'm going to make a friend. Amen. I'm going to make a friend. I'm going to show some love. Let's show some love. Christ, at the end of the book of Revelation, said you lost your first love. What was the first love? Jesus Christ. Amen. You know what I love about Jesus Christ? Now, I'm going to close by saying this. Romans chapter 5 tells us what I love about Jesus Christ is he loved me when I was an enemy of his. Amen. See, some of y'all didn't know my testimony when I was 15, 16, I was a hellraiser. I was in the occult. I was sorry. I was no good. I deserved hell. I was a no good individual. But Christ still loved me. Amen. When I go into these prisons and I meet some of these, I go into these high, out there, out there in Gatesville, I go into there in the huge unit and I meet these men, they don't have anybody left to love them. It's sad. Their moms turned on them. Their dads turned on them. And, and by rights, right? They stole money from their mom. They might have took their dad's truck and wrecked it. They might have did something vile to one of their sisters. Who knows? They deserve everything they're getting, right? But God says, I'm going to love them anyway. Amen. And man, when I'm in there, and it's not me, guys, because you know I don't have no love in my heart. You already know that. But when I'm in there and I'm there and that Holy Spirit starts moving on me, man, the love that's in my heart for these guys, and I, I see them and I'm at my heart, I just, I literally start weeping sometimes. Because they're just looking for somebody to love them. Amen. And I, all I can tell them is, Jesus Christ loves you. Amen. We have an invitation after every one of our sermons up there. And like I've told you before, we had an invitation. And uh, we, th this guy came up and he was crying and he had tattoos. It's just the most wicked. Y'all would run from this guy if he came in the church. 
And he come on there because Jesus Christ just saved me, and I, I found the love of Christ, and I, I can't get enough of Jesus Christ, and I want to thank y'all. Please pray for me. Please pray for me. And I thought, man, if I would have known you before you found Christ, I couldn't have found any. There, there's no place in my heart to love you. You don't look lovable. You don't act lovable. But that's not God. God is not that way. God loves. The unconditional love. While we were yet, but God commended his love towards us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Matthew 5, Romans chapter 5, verse 8. Romans 5, 10 in closing. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. The reason why we want to act and, 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 and follow what the Lord Jesus Christ is teaching us here in Matthew chapter 5 is because he's worth it. Amen. He's shown me so much love. I have a duty to let that love flow out of me and to other people. Heavenly Father, Lord, I just pray, Father, that if there's somebody out there that's dealing with some things in their life, Lord God, maybe they're having, they're having a hard time, Lord God, with forgiveness, Lord, or maybe they're just having a hard time with an enemy, Lord, that's been persecuting them, Father. Lord, I pray, Father, you give them the grace to bear it, Lord. Give them peace. Speak to the heart, Father. And Lord, give them some wisdom what they need to do and how they need to handle it, Lord God. But, Father, Lord, you know, I, know, I personally, Lord, don't have that love in me. I can't love like you want me to love, Lord, but I know when your Holy Spirit's in me, and I'm, I'm allowing you to dwell in me, Lord God, fully. Father, I, I can feel your love flow out of me, Lord. It's a wonderful thing. And I thank you for using me, Lord God. And I thank you, Father, for your Holy Spirit that's a comforter, Lord. And Father, Lord, I pray, Lord, give us an opportunity to love our enemies, Lord God. And help us to do what's more than right, Lord God. And Father, Lord, I know that you've blessed me and you've blessed me and you've blessed me, Lord God. And I would be wicked if I didn't turn around and try to bless somebody else, Father. Lord, thank you for these people, Lord God. And I pray, Father, somebody needs the sound of my voice that doesn't know Jesus Christ as Lord, Lord and Savior. Father, I pray, Lord God, that they'll come on down the aisle and get saved, Lord. In Jesus Christ's holy name I pray. Amen. Hello, friends. This is Pastor Keegan Hall of Indian Gap Baptist Church of Indian Gap, Texas. If you'd like to contact us, you can do it at IndianGapBaptist.com. On the Internet, it's IndianGapBaptist.com. But I have a question for you. If you died tonight, do you know if you would go to heaven? You know, if you're not sure, let me show you a few verses out of the Bible so you can know if you have eternal life. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 5, verse 13, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. So that verse tells us there that you can know you have eternal life. And I want to show you how you can know that. Jesus Christ talked in John chapter 3 verse 16. And most people have heard this verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now it's an amazing verse, of course, talking about how God gave Jesus Christ as a gift to the world. But verse 17 and 18 he went on to say something interesting for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved so the whole reason Jesus Christ came into this world was to save you and to save me and you but in verse 18 he says something that's amazing he says that he that believeth on him is not condemned he's stressing a faith it's putting your faith into Jesus Christ but he says there in verse 18 but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. 
So he says you're condemned already if you haven't believed in Jesus Christ. It's not like you're going to go to heaven and you're going to stand before God and you're going to have God put your good deeds on the scale and your bad deeds on, on the other side of the scale and he's going to weigh it. And if you've been a good enough person down on this earth that he'll let you into heaven. It doesn't work that way. Jesus Christ is real explicit here to say that you're condemned already. You need a Savior right now. The same chapter down in verse 36, it says, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. It goes back to a believe, putting your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But the verse continues, And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. See, it's going on right now. You need a Savior right now. You need to be saved from a devil's hell. Paul sums it up real good here in Romans chapter 10, verse 9. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. It's putting your faith in Jesus Christ from the heart. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and then with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It's very important to confess Jesus Christ because the mouth shows where the heart's at. And in verse 13, he sums it up, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So friends, as simple as just bowing your head and saying a prayer, something like this. Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you can came up from the grave and are alive right now listening to me. I invite you into my heart to save me. Please save me, Lord Jesus. Amen. If you prayed something similar to that, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us at IndianGapBaptist.com. And God bless you. And until next time. Casting all your care upon him.